0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the I Hear You podcast. I'm your host, Michael Sorensen, and today's episode actually picks up where we left off in last week's episode, talking about personal responsibility in relationships. And I know that doesn't sound very sexy when we're talking about relationships, uh, but this is my second episode here because this is a foundational principle, a core principle that we all have to understand if we truly want to live happy, healthy, healthy, connected lives. So today we're going to explore a handful of different things. We're going to explore resentment, including how resentment forms in a relationship and whose responsibility it is to clean it up. We're going to discuss the sneaky little lies that we buy into that sap our happiness and energy, as well as ways to get out of that victim mentality and regain our power and happiness when we feel we've lost it. This is a powerful principle that applies to every relationship in your life, romantic, professional, or otherwise. Let's get to it. You're listening to the I Hear You podcast, a show dedicated to exploring the most powerful, practical techniques for improving every relationship in your life. And now, your host, best selling author and relationship coach, Michael Sorensen. All right, I want to start off with a question Whose job is it to make you happy? Who has the power to make or break your day? Who is it that that can just get underneath your skin and in 30 seconds can can set you off on this downward spiral for the rest of the day, week, month, year? I, I don't know. Or on the flip side, who do you feel you are supposed to make happy? Are there people that you feel like their happiness... Uh, hinges on whether or not you show up a certain way, whether or not you say the right things, whether or not you dress a certain way. Do you feel like you have a responsibility to control other people's happiness or satisfaction with you? All healthy relationships require a solid understanding of the following truth. You, and only you, are responsible for your own happiness. No one can make you happy or sad, no one can ruin your day, and no one can break your heart without you letting them. Now, to some of you, that might sound crazy. You might be calling BS right here, right now, saying, I don't believe that. Well, I have to be very clear here. First off, I'm not saying that people's actions won't affect you. I'm not saying people can't say hurtful things. They can't do things that will affect you because they absolutely can, both physically and emotionally. But what I'm talking about here is that your happiness is not contingent on what other people do and on what other people say. Your happiness is a direct result of how you interpret certain things. It's a direct result of how you choose to react when things like that happen. Because people will absolutely do things you don't like. They're going to forget important events. They're going to say unkind things to you. They're going to show up in ways that you, that you don't want them to show up. All of that is real. But again, the core principle, the core message of this episode here today is that it's the way you choose to react to those instances that affects your happiness. And, and, and research backs this up. It's about our interpretation. And the good news here is we is that we can therefore choose to be happy even in the most difficult of circumstances. And if you look outside of your own immediate life circle, you can probably find good examples of this. Other people, friends, perhaps family members who have gone through horrendous tragedies in their lives. And yes, they they fall into the depths of despair, they feel the sadness, they feel the hurt and the pain because that's healthy, that's appropriate, and then they choose to pull out of it. Then they choose to do something about it, and they live happy, loving, connected lives despite whatever darkness they've gone through. And that might be the loss of a loved one, that might be losing a job, that might be in financial hard times, and yet you can go back to some of the most horrific moments in this world, the Holocaust, for example. And find survivors or people, journals of people who went through those, those horrific things who were still able somehow to hold on to hope and to hold on to happiness and to still find joy in life despite everything that they were going through. So if people in situations like that can still be happy, surely you and I can do the same. And that is exciting. That to me uh, is empowering because we are not victims of what happens to us in life. And the reason I'm bringing that up right here on a topic primarily focused on relationships is because resentment often forms between, between a relationship when we feel like we're a victim, when we feel like somebody isn't showing up a certain way that they quote unquote should show up and we're therefore upset. And we say, you shouldn't have done that, or you should do this, or I shouldn't feel this way or that way. Well, you, again, you can't control what the other person does, but you can control what you do. You can control how you react. Relationships are wonderful. They are the backbone of a long and healthy life. If you listen to last week's episode, you'll know that Harvard researchers have found that over 80 years, over 80 years of research, they found that the single greatest determinant of happiness in our lives and our health, believe it or not, physical health, is the quality of our relationships. So relationships are powerful. We absolutely want to have them. That's why you're listening to this podcast, right? They can add so much happiness to our lives. And yet they are not in existence to provide happiness that we cannot find within ourselves. In other words, you don't have to have certain relationships to be happy. And that's important to point out here because uh, if, if we don't believe that, if we don't subscribe to that, then, we're, then oftentimes we feel like we have to hold on with, with, a, with a grasp That's so tight to any relationship that we want, be it your boyfriend, your girlfriend, uh, even relationships with your children, with your friends, because you feel like if you lose them, then your happiness goes out the window. That's a scary spot to be in. And what that does is it breeds manipulation. It breeds uh, this enmeshment because now you're feeling like you are controlling whether or not they stay with you. And that's a dangerous spot to be in. That's where all the frustration, the resentment, the control, all of that comes out in a relationship. And if you're in that if you're in a relationship like that, you're always going to feel some level of dissatisfaction or resentment because your partner is never going to meet every one of your needs. If you're expecting them to make you happy, or on the flip side if you think you can make them happy, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. In contrast, a relationship in which both individuals own responsibility for their own happiness, that sets the stage for honesty for thoughtfulness, and for selfless love. Because partners in that relationship, they work on becoming whole, complete, happy people on their own, and they welcome a relationship as added friendship, added support, and love, and partnership. They take responsibility for their own needs by communicating them to their partner or addressing them themselves, and this enables them to love unconditionally and without expectation. That's the key here is unconditional love and loving without expectation, or at least as we'll, as we'll talk in a future episode, if you do have expectations, at least communicating those, because again, that's your responsibility. You can have expectations. You can want your your spouse, your partner, your friend to respond in a certain way. But if you expect something, you have to make it clear to them. You don't just get to sit there and hope that they read your mind. Now, I remember talking a number of years back to a close friend of mine. Uh, We were talking about uh, her daughter. Uh, was going through a difficult divorce and she shared with me some advice that she shared with her daughter and this is going to sound kind of weird if you haven't heard this before but, but but bear with me she said to her daughter it takes a really great man to be better than none it takes a really great man or i'll say in the sense it takes a really great woman for me for example to be better than none now what did she mean by that well a- as we talked She's not saying that uh, men are horrible or women are useless or so on and so forth. What she's saying is don't settle in your relationships. You know, this this advice to her daughter was don't just run back out there and just marry the next person that you meet because you don't need a man in your life to be happy. Now, absolutely, you want a loving, happy, long-lasting marriage, and those are out there, right? That's absolutely something we can all have. We just need to be careful to not buy into this lie of I have to be, I'll say it this way, I will be happy when I marry someone. I will be happy when I'm in a committed relationship. Because that is a slippery slope. You, don't, you, you can't just say, "Well, okay, now that I'm with another human, life is great. It takes a really great man, it takes a really great woman to be better than none. Meaning you want somebody who loves you unconditionally. You want somebody who understands you. You want somebody who is willing to talk through the hard times with you. Because again, as we talked last week, there are no perfect relationships. You will fight. You will get into disagreements. That's just part of life and that's fine. That is not a sign of a bad relationship. But what you want to be careful of is that you're not just jumping into something where there are already red flags just because you want companionship. Work on healing yourself first. Take care of your own happiness. Make sure you know who you are. Make sure you know what you want and what's important to you so that you're not feeling like you're sacrificing that. Just to be in a relationship with somebody else so okay enough of the principle talk enough talking about responsibility here how do you know if you're taking responsibility for your own happiness well one thing that i point everybody to whether it's my my coaching clients and whether it's or whether it's it's a broader presentation to a corporation look for the resentment in your life look for areas that you're feeling unhappy the next time you're feeling unhappy, resentful, helpless, look to see if you're blaming someone. Because nine times out of ten, there's at least some el- some aspect of that that you're not taking responsibility for that does fall on your shoulders. You know, I'll I'll share an example from a number of months ago uh, with, uh, with an interaction my wife and I had. So um, I had gone, I don't know what it was, maybe a few weeks. Uh, th- there was something, uh, truthfully I don't even remember what it was at this stage. But there was something or there were a couple little things that were starting to kind of bother me that were weighing on me. Um, And I I repressed them. I thought, oh, it's no big deal, whatever, whatever. You know, I'm not really going to worry about it. But the resentment or the concern did start to build. And it got to the point where my wife could feel it. And if you're in a relationship, if you have siblings or parents, people that you're close to, I think you probably know what I'm talking about here. Where you can tell when something's off. With somebody that you're close to and we we reached a point there where my wife you know we we came home from dinner one evening and, and we sat down and she said is are, is everything okay you know i'm feeling like something's off here and of course in my mind i knew there was and i was a little embarrassed and i said well you know i i've been thinking about it and and i am feeling kind of frustrated with these certain things that you're doing or that you're not doing I, again i can't remember exactly what it was but i i finally had the courage to just lay it out there and say well here's Here is what I'm feeling. I actually did have some expectations around this point and this point and this point. And, and I'm realizing that they're not being met. And I vividly remember the way she reacted. She just, it was very like level headed. She was like, oh, like, in in other words, really? Like, that's it? Like if you, and and she had basically said, if you had just told me those things, I'm more than happy to change that or to do that or whatever. And I remember feeling kind of embarrassed, frankly, because I, you know, that was on me for not just speaking up. And yet we went at least a couple of weeks where I was feeling some form of low level resentment toward her. And it really had nothing to do with her. It had everything to do with certain expectations that I had that I had not shared with her. Certain things that I wanted to do or that I wanted us to do that I hadn't shared with her. And lo and behold, once I actually shared them, she was more than happy to make the changes or to make the adjustments or, or whatever it was. Now, I, I don't share that suggesting that you just get to walk around life telling everybody what you want and they're all just going to to bow down and, and meet your demands. You know, in this instance, in my, my relationship, it was great. We were both on the same page and everything worked out. Obviously, there are going to be times when you say, well, here's what I really want. Here's what I expect. And your partner or your spouse or your friend is going to say, well, that's great that you expect that, but I'm not okay with that. And that's an opportunity to at least talk through it and to figure out what you guys are open to, what can work for you. But again, there, there's that dialogue. There's that conversation that you want to have in a healthy relationship. What most of us do is what I did, unfortunately, in the situation, is we just hold it in, either one, hope it'll change, or two, expect the other person to read our mind, figure it out, and make the change on their own. Which, when you say it out loud, is ridiculous. And yet I think most of us, go through our lives doing that quite often. So, okay, next question. What do you do if you're not happy in a relationship? Again, this could be romantic with your partner, your spouse, but this could be with a friend, this could be with your job. You know, th- this is really what to do if you're not happy really in anything in life. And the solution is simple, at least in principle, a little bit more difficult in practice. The solution is to take action. Do something. You no longer get to, you know, now that you've recognized it, now that you know something's off, you do not have the luxury to just sit back and wallow in your own pity and say, oh man, I really wish life would be this way. I really wish my relationship would be this way, but it's not. And so my life is horrible. You don't get to sit there. At least not if you're listening to this podcast, because that tells me that you, you have the presence of mind enough to know that there's something you can do. To make changes in your life. And so take this as an invitation. Take this as something positive. I'm not, I'm not here to just call you out and make you feel horrible. I'm here to share great news. That you can take action. You can do something to find greater joy and happiness in your life. So if you're not happy in a relationship. Do something. One of my favorite quotes. I have it plastered uh, uh, on my wall in my office. Action cures fear. Action cures fear. That is the first step to changing something that you're not happy with in life. So, let's go back to a relationship example here and say, okay, I'm feeling resentful, I'm not happy. First question, what are my expectations? What is it that I'm expecting he or she to do? Second question, have I communicated those expectations? Again, I mentioned this earlier, just because you have expectations doesn't mean somebody's going to read your mind and understand them. If you have an expectation that you would like met, it's your responsibility to do one of two things. One, you have to become aware of it and you need to be okay with the fact that it might not be fulfilled. And then two, if that expectation affects or includes somebody else, I strongly recommend you talk to them about it. You you convey that expectation, again, not in a dictator way. You do not get to go to your wife or to your husband and say, hey, I really want you to clean the dishes every night when I come home. Well, you can say that, but, but they do not have to do that. Again, partnerships here, right? They get to say, that's a nice expectation, but I'm not okay with that. And then you guys work and figure out what you are okay with, what does work for both of you. So first question, what are my expectations? Second question, have I communicated those expectations? And then a couple of final questions here, have I set boundaries? Are there certain areas in my life where may, may, maybe my expectation here is that I get to come home and take just a half hour to myself to decompress. But every time I come home, my kids just jump on my lap and they're screaming and they're yelling and it's all fun, you know, or maybe my spouse expects me to do X, Y, and Z chores the second I get home. Well, there may be an opportunity to set some boundaries there. Again, working with my spouse and saying, hey, I want to help. I I want to carry my load here. When I come home from work, I would really love to just take 30 minutes to decompress and unwind. Is that something you're open to? Is that something that we we, can we we get creative here and figure out a way to make that happen? And then you can set that boundary, very loving boundaries. We're going to have a future episode on boundaries because this boundaries alone are a game changer when you're talking about happiness in relationships. But then you can talk with your children, you can talk with your spouse and say, here's what I want to do. I want to be totally present with you. I want to I want to have fun tonight. Um, every time when I come home from work, I just need a little bit of time to take care of myself so that I can be there for you. And most people are going to be okay with that. Because at the end of the day, it benefits everybody. You're happier, they're happier, you get time together, that resentment starts to dissipate because now you've taken responsibility for what you know you need. So that's an example in a personal or maybe family relationship. Let's break out of the home for a second here and talk about the workplace. What do you do if you're not happy at work? What do you do if you're facing a difficult coworker or a certain situation that is quote unquote, sapping your happiness? Well, I'll give an example from years ago, early on. This is when I was still learning all these principles myself, uh, meeting with that therapist. I, I had a coworker who, how do I say this? <laughs> um, basic for lack of a better term, really threw me under the bus. And it, and it was not based on truth in front of a large group of people uh, he, he made certain claims that were not accurate and it made me and my team look very bad and I was not okay with it. I, I was livid in that meeting. It didn't feel like the time or place to call him back at. It. it would have started a bit, a large argument, but I was livid and I had a hard time letting it go. You know, I left that meeting thinking that is, that is not okay. You know, I've been working my butt off. My whole team has been working their butts off to do all of this work for this other individual and there he just throws us under the bus. And I recognized in, after a couple of hours here, I was not going to be able to let that go because I, I didn't feel like I should let that go. That was, that was an opportunity for me to stick up for myself, to assert myself and to say, you know what, that's not true. That's not accurate. And I'm not okay with that. And so I actually invited this individual back into my office a few days later. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll shorten the conversation dramatically so, but I was very direct and I and I, and I laid the facts out on the table and I said, you know, that was not accurate. I went back and I looked at everything and, and I laid the facts on the table. I said, you know, that was not accurate. I went back. I have, I have proof basically for lack of a better phrase. And we've been working our tails off to do all of this. And right there in that meeting, you just undid everything we've done for the past five years, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, we, we went back and forth a little bit and, and he did recognize that he had done so uh, er- erroneously, and that it was malicious. And, and I said, and he said, I'm sorry, okay, I, I, you know, I'll I'll be better. And I said, I appreciate that. And I want you to go back to your team and tell them that you were wrong. I want you to clean this up. And he said, Oh, now you're now you're threatening me. Because I said, Well, if you don't do that, then I will. And he said, You're threatening me now. And I said, No, this is not a threat. Uh, this is this is just about truth. This is about preserving our working relationship together. What you said out there really damaged Uh, our reputation and it's not true and so i expect you to go back and repair it and if you don't then i will and in that moment he actually sat back in his chair and he said okay you're right now to this person's credit he did go back he did clean it up and over the next months and years he really turned things around in terms of how he was approaching things and i'm very happy to say sincerely we have a great working relationship now Whereas the years leading up to that that moment, we did not. I could not say we had a great working relationship. And yet legitimately now, because I finally took responsibility for that and I, I called him out, I set some boundaries, I was very firm, very direct, yet also respectful. And because he took it and he took responsibility, now we have a fantastic relationship. Now I genuinely enjoy talking with and working with this guy. So again, in, in my pre-therapy days, I definitely would have just started avoiding this coworker. I definitely would not have stood up for myself there because I didn't have the tools, I didn't have the skills, and I didn't know that I had to take responsibility for certain things in that instance there. And yet, because I was able to do that, we now have a great relationship. And I've got to think I'm not the only person who is in a situation or has been in a situation like that. So yes, even in situations where somebody in your mind is being totally irrational, being totally irresponsible, what have you, you still have certain elements of responsibility there to take care of your own happiness. So, I hope I've been able to drive home the point well enough. I'm a big believer in repetition and learning, and yet I never want to get so long-winded that you're like, okay, I'm done listening to you. But this principle is, again, the foundation of everything else we're going to talk about in future podcast episodes. It's the foundation of what I talk about in my book, and it's the foundation of my coaching and other principles that I teach with people one-on-one and in group settings. This is powerful, I promise you, from personal experience, that if you take this to heart, and if you continually look inward, you will find significantly greater happiness in your life. So, before we wrap up, I do want to end with an invitation. Think of an area, right now, today, where you're feeling resentful or unhappy in a relationship. Then dig a little deeper and see if you can't figure out why. Journal about it. Talk to a friend about it and figure out what responsibility you might have. Look for an opportunity there to take some responsibility. Ask yourself, what actions can I take to take back ownership of my happiness? If I'm feeling resentful, if I'm feeling upset, if I'm feeling victim or hard done to, what is it that I can do? Where have I given up responsibility? Because that's what you've done if you're feeling that resentment, if you're feeling that victim mindset, that means you've given away your power. But again, the good news, you get to take it back, you have the power to take it back in the form of communication, in the form of setting boundaries, in the form of changing who you spend your time with, how you spend their time, so uh, how you spend your time, so on, and so forth. A powerful, powerful principle that truly is at the foundation of a long, healthy, happy, and connected life. That's going to do it for today's episode. I hope that you found some insight, uh, some guidance, hopefully had a couple of aha moments here while you're listening. If you have, I'd like to ask a favor, and that's again, like every other podcaster out there, to subscribe to the podcast, to leave a positive rating, a positive review, and or please reach out to me directly. You can contact me through my website, michaelssorensen.com. You can email me just directly at michael at ihearyoubook.com and give me some feedback. Let me know what more you'd like to hear of. Let me know what you'd like to hear less of. Uh, That type of feedback will help me make sure this podcast is as valuable as it can be for you. Because at the end of the day, that is my goal here, to pay forward everything that I've learned, everything that has made my life happier, more connected, more fulfilling, and, and, and pay that forward, spread the love. So thank you for your time today. Looking forward to chatting more next week.